welcome to episode seven of Between Two Lances. And if you hear heavy, little fast breathing, that is um, my four-month-old baby. And he just wanted to get in on the action. Um, this episode is with Dan Burnett. He and I worked at the new school together pretty closely on admission stuff, like admission system stuff. I believe he was like the marketing uh email guru and all of that and we connected right away he's also a playwright um he is also a creative writing professor he's also everything pretty much any creative thing that exists he's good at and he's super fun to talk to he's one of those people that when i talk to him (laughs) i will sit next to you i just need to finish this okay okay She's got an, uh, my daughter has a brand new, um, painting mat from Amazon that's like this rubbery thing that you can put the paint in and there's like a magnetic cup so that it doesn't tip over. It's very cool and I'm jealous and I want to use it. Anyway, Dan is the best and he's one of those people that when I talk to him, we just kind of like laugh constantly and riff back and forth and there's just this really cool energy that, that happens that only happens with certain people. Um, and I hope this captures it. I wanted to talk to him because... He didn't really know what instructional design was, but then, well, you'll see what happens. Um, let me ask you, what are you, like, what's your, I, I, if you needed to give like a minute summary of who you are and what you've done and what you're about, what would that be? Sure. Um, well, I'm, my name is Dan Burnett. Um, I'm trained as a playwright and, um, a solo performer. I spent about 10 years doing that, writing stories, understanding how stories work and operate. And then I got really scared of my own creativity because I had a mentor say that queer stories were not valuable and I believed him. And that just watered the seed of, uh, you know, you know, talking about gardening, um, that watered the seed of uh, things that I was afraid to believe about myself. And I believed it a little bit too intensely. And then for 10 years, ran away from my creativity and used that in other ways by working in uh, marketing and communication and publishing and um, uh, operations, project management, all kinds of, you know, other roles where I'm like working really hard and getting results. And then, um, and then the pan right before the pandemic happened, I left a job that I knew no longer served me and decided, okay, I'm going to like be an artist and, a creator again and it's been a tough little journey but this fall i'm going to be a creative writing professor so um yeah it's That's like awesome. you know I'm, i i resisted it for 10 years and now i'm ready to actually stop resisting my uh creativity so you're gonna have to do instructional design i will yeah yeah i'm i'm so curious like it, like there's there are skills I'm trying to build within the students. Like I'm, I'm doing this intro to lit course and I'm going to be focusing entirely on dramatic literature. And I'm also teaching a history of theater course at the same time. And I'm like, I know with the history of theater course, what I'm going to be doing is um, working in reverse chronological order. So we see how individual playwrights and movements were informed by what came before all the way back to the ancients. And um, I'm really excited about that, but I'm also like, with the intro to lit course, it's like, I want to do it by, um, like genre and style and, um, you know, different kind of artistic movements. But at the same time, I'm like, ah, how do I do that? While also getting them to like, 
get used to reading full-length plays in a day or two and mm-hmm. um you know the skills of of um what's it called communication and how do we discuss literature and how do we discuss characters and stories and how all that that stuff develops over over time so i don't know any tips on like how do you bridge content with soft skills uh, i mean i have lots to say about that i think and i'm just trying to think about and i'm not fronting <laughs> I'm not like fronting. I mean, it's all probably here's what here's what's hilarious about the, the things that we do as IDs, as they're called. It's all common sense. And there's all these ID theories, right? Of like you have to do, but it's a common sense that takes thought to realize the logic behind it, right? Like if it was easy, then like if it was super easy, then like it, we wouldn't need IDs because everyone would just be able to make good training and it would be fine. But like there's models that are like, oh, like the Addy model. And you know what that stands for, Dan, as someone who has not had to study this? A-A-A-D-D-I-E. Um, it's pretty much what you would do to like solve any problem. You analyze it. You design the solution to the problem that you found through analysis. You develop the actual artifact, the thing, like the course, the online thing, the the whatever. And then you implemented mind-blowing and then you execute execute evaluate oh is like execute and then you evaluate it and see if it worked don't you feel like you've just you've opened up the world of like wow i would never have thought to do that it's kind of what gone through a quad with plus one (laughs) (laughs) it's but then, like, when you actually, like, intentionally apply it, like, yes, it can help or whatever. But, like, um, the hard skills with the soft skills stuff, it's, like, keeping things as sort of down-to-earth and realistic as possible and putting things in context is really important and not just, like, hey, what do you think about that? But, like, oh, you are, you have to perform a thing about your thoughts about this, like, prepare a two-minute monologue about blah, 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 this from this character's perspective and blah, blah, blah. I feel like keeping things as like actionable as possible versus like vague general questions about stuff is important, which is probably what you would do anyway. But um, there are people I know in our group that would be able to give you like very, very good answers about this. So I will ask them. Okay, thank you. Because this is what they do for their job. I love that they have these jobs because it's just like, cool, I want to be in the classroom and and analyze yeah. how they, you know how they and go what how it in an ideal world of how your life would be like as a professor is like there are universities where it's like oh yeah we have courses and the professors teach the courses a professor would be teamed up with an id to help them make their course and they wow. would be like hey professor what do you actually want to teach like what do you what are the skills like what are the outcomes that you want to see let's work on them together and what um, specifically do you want them to know about by the end? And then the ID would like take those from you and then basically interview you about all the like the topics. And you will probably, because you know lots of things about lots of things, give all this information about all this stuff and everything you want them to know and all these facts. And what the ID would do would, would take that, they would take all of that, brain it in, 
get rid of anything that isn't actually directly relevant to the things you want them to do so that they could ensure that like your entire course is just very focused on like what you really want them to get out of it. Because what happens is when you know, when you're like a subject matter expert, you just know all this stuff and you, and everything just seems so important. Like they need to know this, but to know this, they have to know that and that and that and that. But an outside person is an ID comes in and they're like, yes, that is important. However, for this course, going to get rid of about 85% of what you just said and we're yeah. going to focus on this and do it well. That's mm -hmm. basically what we do like all the time. That's awesome. Yeah. So it's like, I mean, I, I worked at a publishing company and it just sounds like the book outlining stage where you're talking with the author where it's like, mm -hmm. okay, like you apply structure and, and yeah. begin to edit before an actual like Absolutely. An editor comes in. So awesome. And then and then if you had an online course or if you're doing something in person, like the ID would like make all of your materials for you. They would make your syllabus. They would make your exams. They would give you rubrics for grading them. They would um assemble all of the images and assets and videos that you would need and put them in an organized way for you to use so that all you have to do, you help make the course. But all you have to do is just teach it without having to like make all of the things that go with teaching. That feels mind blowing to me because it's like, it feels like I, I, uh, I keep thinking of like story structure and how it relates to story content that it's like the with the structure of the story it's like that's really the most important part that it feels like a lot of the property of like the intellectual development of the course would actually mm -hmm. go to the designer even though the content of it is with the the instructor of it but it's just like i don't i don't know i just i'm like it feels it feels like they're like, it feels like the instructional designer is actually doing all the work. Well, it's facilitating your knowledge to be in an organized way so that the, the course is like effective to get at what you really want them to versus being clouded by all of like this stuff that can get in the way of, or like still be enriching. But like, if you really, if you want, if you really have these certain things that you want them to get by the end, then it's, it's easy to, you know, lose sight of it and then include all of this stuff that kind of like isn't actually relevant, but could be its own other course or something. Sure. Like I used to work for LSU and work with professors and I did like a sociology course and an engineering course and some, they had like creative ones too. I just didn't get to work with them um, because other IDs were on it. But yeah, it's fascinating because the instructor's like, oh, but I want to do this and this. And you're like, yeah, you can totally do that. But what if you did it this way? And then it fits with what you want to do. And they're like, yeah. It's really fun because like you're owning it all, but we're yeah. just helping you get what you want out of it. What if you structured the timeline of your course like a story? I was, I've been thinking about that okay. as well, especially because it's like there's 16 weeks. And what I love about the way that they've scheduled everything is like fall break is right in the middle between like two different eight week sections. So it's Ooh. like it's very easy to have like four acts of a semester um, and and make it like that way so i'm just like i'm really i love that i yeah. want to be in your class because you'd be the like i that would be the best 
because I I'm thinking so. <laughs> for anybody for anybody who's listening to this, I have seen Dan do like perform your like perform yelling at bananas and Whole Foods. Yeah, right? which was <laughs> so like I'm not just saying this because I was trying to be supportive and nice or whatever. Because I've gone to some bad things where I was trying to be supportive, and I was just like. Like I saw a production of Heather's that was like a local theater production of oh, Heather's man. and I wanted to die while I was watching. I was like, Ugh. but yours, I actually like legit laughed out loud. And I just felt really like it was like really relatable and you connected with everyone. And I still think about it. Good. I still think about it. Yeah. That was like almost 10 years ago. <laughs> I know, but I still think about it. Wow. Wow. Thank mm -hmm. you. And I am not just saying that. Like, I still remember things. I remember some detail. And I have a horrible memory, to be honest. But I remember what the theater looked like. Mm. I just remember all the stuff. Yeah. That was a magical evening at, mm -hmm. at Jack in Brooklyn. Yeah. Yep. I bet, like, I don't know, just thinking about, like, what I know that you're like as a writer and how, when we've worked together, how I remember that you work through things. And I'm not, I, I don't it might seem like I might pitch this to like everybody that I talk to in just life, but you would probably be really, really good as like a freelance ID. You would be mm. really good at it because here's why I like it. Did you know that I like, like to be creative? Am I refined in my creativity? Can I make something that's of like very, very high quality in a certain medium? No, I can't. I just like to do all the creative things. And I just hope one day I'll have time to get really good at one of them. But I like this field. I like do making training and learning things because it's different all the time. And I have to write stories all the time. I'm writing a scenario right now, like for people to learn about stuff. And I have to come up with contingencies and believable dialogue and all of this stuff without it being hokey. Like I've had to write fake like chat conversations on a gaming streaming platform of like, users talking to each other and the avatar like the not the avatar the person hosting the channel interacting so like for every a really boring thing that you have to make I've been lucky to be able to like also like make super creative things like even just art directing and illustration of a hospital room of all the things that um someone who comes in to screen a baby for hearing like they have to check out for so like making a game or an interaction where it's like oh the dad's sleeping and he's snoring glad you have to be aware of that you have to be the tv's on and it looks loud like thinking of things in that way so like it's filling this creative bug yeah. which is good but also you can make money doing it and you can side yeah. gig at it even if you're doing something else so many professors get into instructional design i mean that I, that let's definitely talk more about this because like my brain is my brain is popping off again with ideas on on that um most recently like, I, yeah. I was working with um this is like related but not exactly like on it um i was working with a guy who has spent like a long time as like an underground um the psychedelic therapist and has been doing that for a, a long time. And he was telling me like parts of his life story. And as I kept asking him more and more questions about it, like I just started to get like a sense of like his entire life story as a as a novel and as a narrative. Mm -hmm. And he was just like, oh my God, I didn't, I thought I was just talking, but like you heard this entire structure of how my life works. And I was like, yeah, like this is like, I just going back to what we yeah. were saying earlier about like just story structure and all that. It's just like, that's yeah, my brain, 
my brain puts stuff into order, um, which is why I think I, I write less than I do than I like, I, than I structure the things that I do. <laughs> so I'm like, that's just what I really love. It just feels like a puzzle. And like, that's, that's the stuff I just really enjoy is like, how do like, where does this piece fit? How do, and how do I make this piece fit? If this mm -hmm. piece like, it feels like it fits in a certain place, but I'm not exactly sure like what angle the fit would be. And then I, you know, sit with it and I figure it out. And it's like, oh, okay, that's neat. That is I'm exactly back all my excitement. Just yeah. Oh, well... <laughs> this is awesome. And I want to already talk to you again, just in life. Like we need to be more like we need to chat more just. Sure, yeah. Oh, also, everybody, Dan played Blippy for my daughter once <laughs> on a FaceTime call. <laughs> that's the only time I've ever addressed the audience, but they need to know. Oh my gosh. Well, that's, that is that the, I, I didn't realize that that could also be um, a side hustle of my own. Yeah. yeah. And you're very good at it. Um, okay. I'm thinking of which one I want to ask. Okay. What is like the worst learning experience or training you've ever had for a job, a horrible class that you were like, what the heck? The worst. It could be an online e-learning module that you have to do for like compliance. Like, does anything stick out as like the worst you for like, oh, um, like part of me, part or of me you started a job and someone was training you and you're like, you are a terrible trainer. Oh, I mean, like there's, there, there was something recently where it's like, uh, I'm, I'm doing like some, uh, you know, a, a bridge job before I become a professor where it's like, I'm, I'm working at an Amazon fulfillment center right now. And mm -hmm. they are training me to do things that I've never done before, like drive uh, these industrial trucks and these like mm -hmm. machines and a cherry picker and like all these things that just like go around this facility. And it's fascinating. Cause I'm like, I usually solve problems with my brain and <laughs> all my jobs have been in my head and all that stuff and, and having to communicate with, with people. But with this, it's like, Oh, I'm driving this machine around. Um, they were teaching me how to drive this thing called a tugger, which pulls these like cages around the facility. And, um, like you have to like make pretty wide turns with it because like the tail of all the cages can be mm -hmm. kind of, uh, can be kind of long. And it's, it's not like the cages themselves, like, kind of like fishtail out and like do anything weird, but it's like, you have to be mm -hmm. really conscious of like, just the, the, the movement that you're doing. And like, I, I, I say this is, this is not the worst, very, like very much not the worst, but it's like, it's most front of mind because I feel like when people are teaching something, they know all the content of it, but they don't know how to actually frame it for somebody else. Where it's like, I started to see just like the person who was training me. And this was the first time that she had trained somebody on Tugger, but like, she knows how to drive it. And she's like really good at it. And she was like telling me all the things to do next, but I had no framework with which to think of like, well, what am I doing right now to accomplish in the future? And it would be like, okay, now you're going to turn around this thing. And I'm like, well, if I had known I would do that, I think I would have like added 10 feet on this other side so that I could have a wider, mm -hmm. wider, you know, turn that I'm, I'm doing with it. So I did, uh, like, I did try to like coach her on how to teach me better in the moment, which I'd never done before. Um, That's instructional I, like, design. 
yeah, well, thanks. <laughs> I was like, I guess I do know this better. I was like, this is what would be really helpful. Like, tell me, tell me what the end goal is in mind and then tell me all the steps because I feel like you're telling me all the steps and then I'm figuring out the end goal that if we could start with that, it's like now what we're going to do now is do a wide turn around this corner and go down aisle 100. I'm like, okay, great. That sounds really good. And then you tell me what I'm going to do and then I'll do it. Like that, that would be much easier. But instead it's just like, Okay, we'll go straight and, you know, kind of veer to the right a little bit more. And I'm like, I'm like, why? Why? Exactly. (laughs) Why? Why? Um, Yeah. So um, I think that was like, that was also a little like, I I got the sense that that was a little uncomfortable for her because it was just like, she's teaching me and now I'm teaching her how to teach me. And it's like, I don't, I don't know. But it ended up being, being a okay. Uh, And then, yeah. So I you just proved it. why this why this field ever even exists. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, it's like they, like you know the things that are in your head, but you don't know how to get the things out of your head so that other people know how it works in your head. Mm-hmm. Yep. Does it's that feel like a fair all day summary? Okay, good. Yeah. Yay! <laughs> As a mm-hmm. pure outsider who also knows, like, oh yeah, that stuff. I do do that. <laughs> This is as magical as I could have hoped it would be. Because honestly, I kind of dread doing anything related to work for fun. Like, I consider this fun. And I just don't ever want to be like the stuffy LinkedIn people. It's like, let's talk shop. Like, I hate Mm. it so much. I just don't. I know that people love it. And that's okay. Me personally, my my brain does not like it. Like, I don't want to read books about it. I just don't. I just am not. My time is my time. And I like what I do. But I don't really care about the... I do care. I don't know. Because I don't want people to listen to this and be like, oh, you don't you actually care about the field. And it's like, I do, but in my own way. Definitely. From the experience of it, not from like the technical textbook of it. Yeah. You know? And so, I get the sense that it's like, it's, it's also, you know, it, it's, it's not about like, we'll only talk about these things of the field. Like if we're going to talk about like if we were to talk about like marketing right now or like email marketing, it's like, this is what an open rate is and all these things. And this is how you optimize the open rate. And it's just like, no, like, like what are the, like, I think I learned this like in playwriting school It's just like, why are people talking right now? Like what's really at the base of why are they talking? Like, what are they trying to communicate? What is like underneath everything that we're saying? Cause it's not just like, the words and the content it's like well what are the feelings that are happening underneath and like the thing that i think of in terms of just communication in general is like dialogue is a bunch of icebergs where everything above the surface are the words that we hear and then everything below the surface is all the feeling and the situation the backstory and everything that just like Mm -hmm. is making that like float up and show to the surface that yeah i get the sense that like you also you see things as more broadly applicable than like mm-hmm. the talk shop, boring nuts and bolts. Like I only, this is the only thing that I know. And I need people to know that I know this because I am a capital A authority. Yeah, no, I, I, I yeah. I don't know. I, that whole type of culture of like thought leaders and crap makes me angry. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But also I kind of thought about like doing it, things this way because everybody, no matter what they've done, they've gone to somebody, you've gone to some sort of school, you've had some sort of training, you've had to teach somebody something, even if you don't do it for your job or you don't just like, and so the more I feel like people actually think about it in that way, like the human part of it, where like we all have to experience it, the more fun it is because then you actually get to hear like, well, what worked for you? Like the truck thing, like yeah. well, what didn't work and like, what was your experience going through that? Like, 
that um that is more fun and also valuable when you're like starting to actually do the actual work like well I know that this human experiences things this way and it kind of can inform yeah how you do stuff yeah I'm 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 reminded right now of like another learning experience where I was just like oh god and where I was the one who was was teaching and I was like why is this so bad and like I was like when you were describing like um uh you know, the things that we, we, we all have to teach somebody something. I was like, yeah, like you have to teach people how to love you as well. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, that was, that was something that came up in, in my last, uh, partnership where it's like, I realized like there are many things that I don't know that I need that I now need to ask for. And I can't mm -hmm. just assume that somebody else understands all these things because I understand them. It's just like, well, shit, how do I instructionally design how to love me? Yeah. Like, <laughs> and I realized, so like, oh, okay, I do need to figure this out. Um, like it, it really came down to um, like, uh, my, my ex who I is still like a good friend and like, a, we, we mm -hmm. care for each other. We just don't have the same idea of what our future is going to be. He wants kids. I don't want kids. Okay. Irreconcilable. Like can't do that. Yeah. Um, but like we would like, I, I loved making food. Like that's the thing that we did during the pandemic is like, I like really focused on making really, really good food. Cause I'm like, we can't go to restaurants. So I'm going to think of mm -hmm. all the things that I ate at restaurants that I really loved. And now I'm going to get really good recipes for it. And we had a wonderful few years of a home life making really good food. So like he would want to help and I would like often need help because it's like, there's a lot of time that I'm putting in the kitchen and like, please help me do things. What he would sometimes do is try to predict what I needed next. So like, I would tell him like, please do this one thing, like cut up this mint and like, do this and then like he would see that like there's a skillet on the stove so i think he's he's trying to predict what i need to do it for but i'm really giving him the thing because this is the last thing we need and you can take your time doing it and do other things because all i need is just the mint chopped up and then like he chopped up the mint and he put it in the skillet with like the olive oil that was getting hot and i was like no like that's not what i need but like thank you because like you also have to honor like the feeling that somebody has yes, and, like their intention can. versus like the impact of it and it's just like okay cool like like, I just, I, all I, like, thank you for trying to predict it, but, like, we really need to communicate more about what it is that I need in the kitchen and what I don't need. That's a big kitchen. assumption to make that you're going to put mint in an olive oil pan. <laughs> I don't know! I mean... <laughs> And then it's also like, sometimes he would like predict things that I was going to do and like, it's not the right thing, but it actually didn't matter because it's like, well, that is all getting mixed together. You just mixed it together before I, before I knew it needed to be mixed together. So it's actually yeah. going to be okay. And this is not a problem. And I'm going to resolve myself right now because you didn't yeah. do anything wrong. So being connected on the internet with me is I get in your brain. <laughs> yeah, you're like, listen, I'm part of the internet of things and I am listening to you all the time. It's like... I was thinking of, of just communication recently of like all the ways in which it can fall apart where it's like you have like the, there's like at least four places where it falls apart where it's like I have something that I want to express and I don't know how to express it. Mm -hmm. So it falls apart there between me finding the right words for it. And then it's like what that person hears me say from what I actually said and then their interpretation of it. And mm -hmm. then it's just like, it falls apart on the way back as well. If they like are reacting to something that they thought I said, but I didn't actually say, and now they're talking to me at this. And then I hear this thinking that they heard me because they didn't ask for clarification. And it's just like, it just like can so easily turn into the, this big cluster where I'm like, what in the world is going on? But yeah, mm -hmm. and then no one's, no one's, no one's aware. I don't know. I had a lot of wine that night. So.
I, I think I just listened, yeah. even though I said there were four. But sometimes things are blended into one. <laughs> they're actually no, separate, but they're not. That, yeah, and I'm actually realizing that, like, one of the things that um the guy that Parker, the guy that I co-own this company with, he is like big on analogies, like using as many analogies as possible, like inside no. actual trainings and stuff. And I'm like, there's so many cooking analogies that I feel like I could have used throughout anything I've made, even just the personal interaction of cooking, not just, oh, here's the ingredients and the order and whatever mm-hmm. that I feel like we can tap into, especially for like the softer skills of like, yeah. and it, yeah. And then like what you said about the, what you say and then what they hear and what gets interpreted in the context and the environment, like when you're on the job and you're trying to do stuff and then this customer is saying something and then blah. And then, yeah. And then everyone else is going through the same process and then it just gets multiplied again and again and again. That's rough. And especially like with analogies as well, where it's like that becomes a symbol that you think has a certain connotation, which may be different from its denotation. And then it's like people will have different meanings attached to it, where it's just like, but I hate lemons. Why are you talking about lemons? Lemons are disgusting. You're making it seem good. And it's like, wow. Um, I actually think I might bleep out the word mint in this production because I hate mint. I hate it so much. It makes me gag. If I accidentally eat it, like if it's snuck into something, I know and I will vomit immediately. Then I will never make you beets with tahini because that has mint in it and dill. Please don't. So I won't. A dill, I'm okay with. Mint, I'm not. But one time I was at a bakery and it was, I was a grown up. I was not a child because it happened when I was a child too. Like someone accidentally gave me like a Hershey chocolate had mint in it. And I didn't look at it. I just ate it. It was like Christmas Eve and I vomited my guts out because I just hate mint so much. And when I brush my teeth, I black out. I basically have learned how to black out my taste buds. And I'm just kind of like, and I can't talk while I'm brushing my teeth. I hate when people talk when they're brushing their teeth and I hate being able to smell it coming from their mouths. Oh my God, it's the worst. But anyway, I was at a It is wild that you black out for like four minutes every day. <laughs> yeah, I just don't think, I'm just like, I just block out my taste buds. Um, and so I was at this bakery and there was like a display of marshmallow brownies. And I went up and I was like, oh, great brownies. I love brownies. And I love this. It was in, um, you wouldn't know. For some reason, I thought you had been in Albany. And I was like, oh, great. I love her brownies. And I go to eat it. And then, yay, marshmallow brownie. And it was a mint brownie. And I put it in my mouth in front of her because she's the owner and she makes everything. And I puked it into my hand as a grown up in the bakery. Oh, not even God. thinking about it. It was just a knee jerk reaction. And it wasn't like, I don't like this. It was just like, <laughs> Yeah. So mint is a bad <laughs> I have, this is another thing in therapy. I'd probably get, get over it. Uh, and then you people ever have, are like, what were you going to say? Do you ever have those people who like try to tell you like, but it's really good. And it's yeah. just like, well, that doesn't, that doesn't make it so that I don't vomit in my hands like i'm allergic to chocolate and nuts so people are just like but it's you're missing out it's really wonderful and i'm like no if you're choosing it right yeah it's like this yeah why would i choose to have this burden like i don't want (laughs) to have this problem do i want to be nauseous every time someone's chewing gum no i don't want to are you cool going to the dentist or is that like no no it's the worst thing i could possibly i haven't gone in like three years because okay Luckily, I don't have very many teeth. 
<laughs> I just mean I was born with like fewer teeth than most people. <laughs> <laughs> and every time I go, they're like, you don't have a lot of teeth. <laughs> there's like, there's no excuse for you not to floss. It takes you like 10 seconds. I have, it fills my mouth. I have enough teeth to fill my mouth, but I just have fewer. Yeah, I'm crying. <laughs> actually crying right now i'm laughing with you not at you just want to make that clear like <laughs> i'm laughing but i'm also like oh my god i'm so troubled wow uh, i'm still crying a little bit oh. oh this is delightful yeah so we've really unearthed some issues here oh definitely yeah there's there's stuff within all of it. This is just where I go as well in yeah. conversations. And, you know, if people want to go downstream with me, then, like, <laughs> here we go. Yeah. <laughs> <Woo -hoo. laughs> um, um, I do have one parting question that I have decided man? I'm going to ask everybody. Because for some reason, it's in all of our marketing materials and it's controversial. Is a hot dog a sandwich? No. Yes, you can still be in part of our community. Thank you. Yeah, it's definitely not like a hot dog is its own little entity. Perfect. Like I, I, when I was like anti-carb for a, a too long portion of my life, I always looked at like bread as edible plates, and yeah. that's really the bun of a of a hot dog. It's just like it's an edible wrapper for the dog well that's perfect you can still stay in contact the last the person that um shall not be named before said um yes it is and then they showed me a diagram that was nonsensical and if you were about to whip up that diagram too i would have been upset so i love that they want had that available and ready to show <laughs> in the conversation because they're like i was prepared for this moment because <laughs> wow i don't I want to see this diagram just so I can see also how nonsensical it is. I shall send it to you. And it's a Venn diagram, and I'm like, what is it even saying here? No, what no. What is it even saying? No, no, yeah. no. The best Venn diagrams are just two circles on top of each other where it's all overlap, where good people and hot dogs are not sandwiches. <laughs> To interlocking. I'm going to make that one and I'm going to post it. <laughs> um, but thank you. And also, I feel like this is what we needed to reconnect and like be more in each other's lives again. And I'm excited Definitely. about it. Yeah. Yeah. If you need help for real, like with putting together material and stuff, I think we will. Yeah. Like even just asking like people for advice, it's all for like we just, it's all free. Like it's not, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm not trying to sell anything. It's just like a group of people who like, you know, when you're like a freelancer, you're kind of alone. So we try yeah. to combat that by being like, hey, here's people to actually talk to. I would love to. So we do that. Like, yeah, I would I would love to lurk in that type of community and also maybe not lurk, but maybe, you know, contribute. But I'd love to just see like, how, how are people talking about this stuff? Because I, it's something that I have been very curious about. And I think I think about more than I may think about. And yeah, which is just all to say, invite me get me in there right let's, let's party like it's the current year <laughs> yes with caution 
<laughs> That's an evergreen. Let's party like it's the current year. <laughs>